wants to work in all of us. In different ways, in different ways, but he wants to work in all of us, okay? So eagerly pursue that. That is, that's, the, that's the call of Scripture. Right, we're going to look in John chapter 1 today. It's a beautiful story that I want us to have a look at. So you can turn there, but I want you first to turn to your neighbour because you've been listening for a while. I want you to turn to your neighbour and tell them something. I want you to tell them, your neighbour, how would you introduce yourself to a stranger? If you had, or, or if you had an interview slot, okay, you've got sort of like three or four sentences to say, this is who I am. Maybe you want to talk about something that, is, uh, that you treasure that is valuable to you, a, v- a value that is important to you, or you might want to sort of talk about your relationships and who you are in the world, um, something that is good about you, maybe your weaknesses as well as your strengths. Okay, so you've got, turn around if you need to, just tell somebody, how would you introduce yourself to a stranger? Who are you? And if, you, if you're married, you might... And if you're married and you find out something new, then there's something we need to talk afterwards. All right? If you are married and you think, I need to find somebody else, then move around and you can talk to somebody. Um... Well, this, this is good. We're a, a, a good close church. So how would you introduce yourself then, Wendy? Just give us a... Okay, so there's a lot of relational things in there, that's nice. Yeah, good. And also just a bit of life experience as well, because those relationships then have an impact on who you are, because if um, both your children have had uh, difficulty having grand- your grandchildren, so there's a bit of a story in that. So I'm, I, I can understand some of you now, because it's more than just, oh... I'm called Wendy. But that didn't really tell us much. You know, there's a lot of people called Wendy in the world, so now I know a little bit about you. Okay, that's good. Anybody else want to just give me... I think we've all just said the same thing, that actually we tend to start talking to people and don't think to introduce ourselves. Okay. We can just fall into conversation yeah. and meet somebody where they're at. And right. actually think about how do I introduce myself means how do I define myself. Yes. So actually, what defines me? What makes me me? So, um, hello, I'm Emma, I'm a mum. Yes. I'm married. Yes. Um, I, I love being at church, I'm a Christian, I love being with the children, they make me smile, and I love to be with them, and my brain's a bit wonky, and I hoard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, you really know yourself. <laughs> that's good, that's good self-analysis, yeah, that's good, I like it, okay. Um, the reason why I'm doing this, I, I was praying a few weeks ago, and I was... I had, I think this is probably the last time um, Ella was sick, and you know, we just have these times where we, fuzzy brain is, um, is, is something that happens in that time. And I found myself praying, as I was praying, my two questions in the morning were, who am I and who are you? Talking to God. Who am I and who are you? And I think, it was quite a profound moment, because I think we should live out of the answer to both those questions. You know, Emma's just described who she is. Wendy's just described who she is. If Wendy had started talking about, I don't know, I don't know, just something kind of her job, for instance, um, first, that's obviously a, that would be a priority. But actually, both of you said the first thing you said, and this is what I say as well. I say to myself before I say my husband, actually, I say my father, and you both said I'm a mum. 
And that's a priority. And you live out of that, don't you? You, you, you live as a mum, first and foremost, and then you live as a wife, uh, usually because they're slightly less demanding. Maybe when they get a bit older, it turns around the other way. Um, you, you know? And, and then that's who... And once we start to think, this is who I am, and these things are important, then that's how I live today. Because those things are valuable to me. And all the other stuff, oh yeah, I've got to go to work. Yes, I do have to do that. And that helps me look after the children because that pays the bills or whatever. But first and foremost, I'm a mother and I'm a wife, is what you said. And I think that's, that's a key thing. And then we ask God, well, who are you, God? Because I could say, well, in that answer to that question, who am I? I'm Richard. Like I said, Wendy doesn't, <coughs> the name Wendy doesn't tell us an awful lot. The name Richard doesn't tell you an awful lot, does it? I could be Richard the Great. Richard the Lionheart. You are. Uh, okay. I could be, or I could be Ivan the Terrible, you know. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, that doesn't tell, but once I start to tell you about some of my values or some of the things that are important to me, some of the relationships, then you start to understand me, then you know me more. And, and like we said, we actually, we're blessed with this church where we actually know each other well, um, which is good. But then the, the same thing about God. Who is, God doesn't tell us much in the word God, the name God. You know, it's three letters. It could be anything. And I think part of the problem of the world is it, the world makes up God to be who they think God is. But actually, when you start to think, who is God? And it was good to, to do that thankfulness thing we did at the beginning of the service. Who is God? He is Father. In fact, funny enough, the first thing I go to is God is Father. It's the first thing you said is the first thing I say about God. God is Father. That makes a big difference to who God is than just saying God, right? Yeah? Um, and God is... Um, is, is loving. He is love. God is, is just. God is merciful. And when I start to think of those things and then I relate to God in those ways, then knowing who I am and knowing who he is, I have a better day. <laughs> I have a better life. Full stop. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the answer to both those questions um, who am I? Who is God? Um, is is I think invaluable. So I want to just yeah leave that with you. Um, so we're going to look in uh, John chapter one, and and that will sort of hopefully come apparent um, in in that. We talked about uh, spiritual gifts recently. We talked about eagerly desired prophecy, which we spoke about last week. Okay, prophecy, as it said in First Corinthians fourteen, don't have to turn there. Last week it says prophecy is for people's strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. And so what Bryony was talking about when she shared that dream with someone that was a prophetic dream that brought strengthening, comfort, and what was the other one? Encouragement to, to those people. Um, and also for unbelievers, it says once their hearts are laid bare, they will fall down and worship. Because for unbelievers, let's say that Bryony was going to that church for the first time uh, in, in Toronto as an unbeliever, and somebody sat next to her on a bus and said, hello, are you going to that church? Yes, I know you are. Then, well, how do you know that? They know that God is on their case, and they fall down and worship. And I've seen that happen as well. Okay, so that's what prophecy is about. Because God knows everything. He knows everything about himself. He knows everything about us. He wants us to know that he knows us. Um, and he wants you to know more about yourself. <laughs> And so actually, you know, that's why I said, you know, what Emma's confession there. It's good to be able to sort of say, this is who I am. And for God to know, that allow God to show us who we are, because who, who made us? Oh, he did. Oh, and he knows Emma better than Emma knows Emma. And he knows Wendy better than Wendy knows Wendy. And he knows me better than I know me. But the more he shows me of who I am, the more of the fullness I become in, 
who he's created to meet, and I become a fuller, greater human being because not because of me, but because what he's doing and showing me. Does that make sense? It's, that's that's part of the prophetic help to us. Um, so we're going to read this story. I love this story. It's just a little story that you can easily just you know there are some stories in the Bible you kind of just oh yeah read that and move on. But um, we're going to read um, uh, John chapter one verse forty three. And we're going to meet um, a character called Nathaniel. Um, so I'm going to read that to you. So this is Jesus. Right at the beginning of his ministry, he's, he's calling his disciples. The, sort of one of the first things he does here in John. And so this is what happens. It says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. I like this story, firstly, because Nathaniel, I can relate to him, because he's a sceptic. <laughs> I, I, I am sceptical, okay? You know, he doesn't, uh, he has a suspicion of these grand claims that his friend uh, Philip makes. You know, we found the Messiah kind of thing. And, and he's like, really? From, from Nazareth? You know, that can't be right. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth, surely. And maybe people say that of us. You know, <laughs> another way you could introduce yourself. Hi, I'm, I'm Wendy. I come from Adelston, you might say. And people will go, Adelston? Where's that? You know, you know have, and I, I normally just say, it's just North of Woking. You know, that kind of thing, you know. And um, so this is, it's the same kind of thing. Sort of, Nathaniel's here saying, Nazareth? Really? I don't think so, you know. I'm a bit sceptical about this. And... Um, Philip is wise and just says, well, look, you know, I'm not going to try and convince you myself. You just come and see. Okay, so, um, and, and Nathaniel does. To be fair to him, he does. He goes with Philip and he goes to try and find out what, what Philip's talking about. And I think scepticism isn't a bad thing if it's accompanied with inquisitive nature. You know, okay, I'm sceptical, but I'm going to find out. And that's maybe part of the seeking after God that Brian is talking about. Because sometimes you hear stuff. Oh, I heard in that church there, you know, People were getting healed every Sunday. And the, I will be going, hmm, I wonder. I need to go and have a look. And then I'll see. And if I see, then I really will believe, you know. Does that make sense? So, so I think, so Nathaniel, he's got, this, um, he's got this inquisitive nature about him as well as being sceptical. And so, so he goes off and he follows Philip. And then Jesus sees him coming. He, see, he sees him in the distance. I don't know, he sees him come over the, over the hill or wherever they were. And, and Jesus says... Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. And Nathaniel's response is, how do you know me? 
So what Jesus was saying, these weren't complimentary words because, you know, I could, I could say, if Keith R. here is a fine gentleman who's a real man of God, you know, and that could be a compliment or it could be actually just an identification. I'm not really trying to flatter him, I'm just stating a fact. This is who he is, yeah? Um, and, and so I don't think Jesus was trying to be complimentary or flatter Nathaniel. Actually, he was saying, this is who you are. This, I, I know you. He knew that Nathaniel was passionate about national identity and about God's people and about truth. And Jesus just announces them. And rather than saying, you, you know, oh, isn't this guy a nice guy, a good guy? He's actually saying, this is as a word of knowledge, I know you. And so it would be, be like if I, if I didn't know Reg and I saw Reg and I said, here's a guy who has a real heart for the poor. That would be, if I didn't know him and I said that to Reg, Reg would kind of go, oh, how do you know that about me? Yeah? You know, or if I'd said, Cherry, here's, here's a woman who's, uh, who, who's wise and people respect her pastoral heart and I didn't know her, everybody would be going, how do you know that about her? Yeah? And I, some of you witnessed when we were in a meeting at the conference a few years ago and the guy was teaching like this and he just stopped and he pointed out and he started speaking to me and he said, you have a heart for God's people and you're a teacher. And I remember Sheila and Graham were there and, and Wendy and Cherry were there and they're like, how does he know that? <laughs> you know, kind of thing, because they were, he wasn't just identifying me as a pastor, he was really identifying me as who I am. And why was that? Because he want, the prophetic gift says, God says... I know you. I know you. So, so Jesus isn't being complimentary here. He's, he's, he's speaking to, to Nathaniel and as if I know you. And so Nathaniel's response is, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's me. How, how do you know me? Jesus, Jesus says something that Nathaniel's surprised about. He's never met this guy. He's never met Jesus. How does Jesus know this about me? And notice he doesn't even use Nathaniel's name. He doesn't actually say Nathaniel by name. He just, he just he identifies him and who he is. Uh, so then Jesus goes a little bit further. And I reckon Jesus is probably having a little bit of fun here. It's like, oh, now we've got somebody. We've got somebody's attention. Let's see if we can just, you know, really kind of make him, not squirm, but just kind of, let's see how far we can go with this. He says, oh, yeah, Nathaniel. Well, no, he doesn't say Nathaniel, does he? He says, yeah, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And now, I don't know about you, if anyone would say that to me, I'm thinking, now, what was I doing under the fig tree? You know, was I, was I picking my nose? <laughs> I think I've said that two weeks running now. I obviously picked my nose too much. I'm thinking about these things. Was I, was I, you know, wasting time? Was I doing something productive? Was I telling the kids off? You know, was I doing something embarrassing? What was I doing under the fig tree? You know, I don't know. That Maybe there's some of those thoughts went through Nathaniel's mind. And I think what Jesus is saying... He says, in, he's saying that in the spirit, so not seeing with my eyes, this is what, not, not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus saw something in, in, a, in some spiritual way. <coughs> he saw and envisaged Nathaniel under the tree without actually seeing him. Does that make sense? So it's not like, I mean, I can see you all here, so I can visualize it. But if I was in, at home and I saw you, that is a different thing. And I think this is something like Jesus is seeing this kind of vision of somebody he's never met before. And he's, he's seeing it by supernatural means. He's not using his eyes. And that blows Nathaniel's mind. You know? 
and it also probably clears his scepticism about Nazareth. <laughs> he was kind of like almost mocking. Can can someone can good, anything good come from Nazareth? But imagine yourself if just somebody comes up to you and sort of says, you know, oh yeah, you had Weetabix for breakfast, you know, and you're like, how do you know? I was just having breakfast on my own. Yeah, or I saw you, you know, working on your car yesterday in in the driveway. It's like, really? Nobody was there. How do you see that? Imagine that. And I think we need to get into this idea that actually God knows us and sees us better than we know ourselves and better than we see ourselves. And so Jesus knowing Nathaniel, here's the amazing thing. Jesus showing that he knows Nathaniel, what happens to Nathaniel then? He then knows who Jesus is. Wow. Because otherwise, Jesus is just some bloke who was walking past. Just another regular guy. But because Jesus says, I saw you, under the fig tree, then all of a sudden, Nathaniel kind of goes, ding! Oh! You're the son of God. How is this person ever... Know, how does he know me if he's never met me? You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, Jesus didn't come along and say, Oh, hi, I'm the king of Israel. I'm the son of God. He, he said, You... And then he identified Nathaniel. And in doing so, Nathaniel realises, if you know me, you must only the only one answer to who you are. You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And when a person hears the voice of God to them, that, that only God knows about them, then that opens them up to thinking, ah, this must be God speaking. It reminds me of uh, when I was on an Alpha course, it was at St Paul's, and there was a young lady who'd come to the Alpha course, and we'd all have to sit in the circle. Does everyone, does everyone know my, what I mean by Alpha? It's an introduction to Christianity course, if, you, if you've not been on it. It's a 10-week course, I think, to, to introduce people to the Christian faith. And at the beginning of the course, people were supposed to just sort of say, why are you here? And this young lady had said, I think I'm here for God to find me. Now, at the time, I thought to myself, and you, but the thing is, in Alpha, in that situation, you're not allowed to give contradictory answers. So part of me is kind of like, no, <laughs> you are here to find God. Because <laughs> I was partly leading this thing. And I'm thinking, what a ridiculous statement. You know, you're here for God to fi- find you. Like, God knows where you live, you know. What a ridiculous thing to say. However, I think it's when people are found by God. Oh, I'm God, by the way, and I know everything about you. When they are found by God in that way, then they find God. Yeah? Um, and I think that's what's going on here. So on reflection, I think I got it wrong. Unfortunately, I didn't say anything at that moment. I, I, I just kept my, my mouth shut. Um, and we, I think we all of us, don't we? We all need for God to say, I know you. I know you. And when he finds us, we find him. He loves us first, and then we can love him. So Nathaniel has this revelation, oh, you're the son of God. And then it's Jesus' turn to be surprised. He's like, what, you believe this? It says in verse 50, he he says, you believe because I told you I surrendered the fig tree. As if like, that's easy. (laughs) You know, Um, you shall see greater things than this. That's nothing, says Jesus. That's an indication, really, that Nathaniel will see, no doubt, see Jesus 
operating in the prophetic gift much more powerfully than that. But it's also an invitation for Nathaniel that you yourself, Nathaniel, will see things in, in a greater way than this. And he, and he says, I tell you the truth. And that's something Nathaniel's keen on, all right? He's into the truth. Um, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, if you know your Old Testament stories, you'll know that's a reference to a story. That's a reference to Jacob's dream. Jacob was the founding father of Israel, and this was a reference to that story and, um, and where the angels go from heaven to earth on a ladder in Jacob's dream. And Jesus takes Nathanael, who he says, you're a true Israelite. Now, what's, what's going to be like so exciting for a true Israelite to say, you, the true Israelite, are going to see the thing that Jacob saw, but you're going to see it not on a ladder, you're going to see it on the Son of Man. I mean, that would have like, that would have really got his juices going. That would have been like you saying to me, you are going to see heaven opened and there'll be a chorus of tuba players. And, you know, <laughs> that would have spoken to me like, you know, but this is the same kind of thing um, that, that Jesus is saying to Nathaniel. Here's this true Israelite is going to be seeing almost like the Israel thing fulfilled, that Jacob's dream fulfilled in and through Jesus. And that's how God is, because he knows us, and he knows what we are like, because he made us, <laughs> uh, uh, and he wants us to know that he knows us, so that we would know him. That's our God. And that's why the, the gift of prophecy um, is something that's important for the church. Because we are to speak to one another in a way that will bring that encouragement. Um, so some of the thing, a lot of the things actually that Bryony was sharing earlier would, would be for God using her so that, or, or speaking to her that he, she would know that God knows her and that through her other people would know that God knows them and care about them. So I want us to take a little different perspective on this, just quickly to finish with. Um, how did this happen for Jesus? Um, how, would this, how could have Jesus operated in this way? This is not recorded in Scripture. This is just me using my imagination, okay? So don't think that um, this... I'm not writing a commentary here on... This is not... Uh, I'm just thinking, how could this have happened? I'm guessing. A bit like, you know, we talk about we have dreams and stuff. Jesus, in some way, had a vision of a guy under a tree. You know, Jesus was praying... I'm just speculating. Maybe he had a dream, maybe he was praying and he saw it, or maybe he just had an impression as he was just having his breakfast, that he saw a guy under a tree. And I reckon he could have, could have said to, to Father, as in prayer, who is this guy? And, and, and Father God speaks to Jesus and says, oh, his name's Nathaniel, and he was, he's, he's the one under the tree. He's a real half Israel. He's really into the truth. Um, and and he's gonna, you're going to use him to see great things prophetically um, and so then when Jesus sees him he's kind of prepared he's just a bit like the lady on the bus that Brownie was talking about she had this kind of idea that she's going to sit next to somebody on the bus so when she sits next to somebody on the bus she has an idea of what's going on Father's already revealed that I'm just suggesting how that could have happened for Jesus because I think sometimes we just read this and think oh that's Jesus but actually that's not dissimilar to some of the things that might happen to us. You know? Imagine that. Just reminded, actually, there was a time 
Because could God wants us to know that he knows us. I might have told this, I think I have told this story before, but when I was at university, I would come home in the holidays and I would go back to my, my mum and dad's church, which is where I brought up, and let's just say the spirit, spiritual gifts weren't uh, focused on there. Uh, so I was a bit kind of like, I need to get out, <laughs> get out of town. And I spent a lot of time at the Ashford Congregational Church, which is where Liam uh, is, is there now. Um, and I would go in my holidays, I'd just go and sit in the congregation there. And then from time to time, people had told me about different churches. And so I went once to the, the vineyard in Felton, which was in Witten at the time. And at that time, they were having a real revival of people coming in and a revival of the Spirit. And some guys prayed for me afterwards. Um, and, and it makes me smile even now because at the time, I was in my third year at university. And I'm coming back to the tube again. I was doing, my major dissertation was on lip fatigue, muscular lip fatigue in brass playing. You don't get any more nerdy than that, okay? I got a prize for it. And, I had, and just so you know, I went to hospitals and had probes put on my face And when I was playing in, in the hospital, which they weren't that pleased about when they realised how much noise it was. Um, and, and they would measure electronically the, the, the resistance in my muscles. I don't even really know how it works now. And just to see how I tired, my lips tired over playing for a period of time. Shari's kind of smiling because, you know... We should do this again. Um, and, uh, and so I was doing this project because at the time I was really struggling with, I would have these moments, like I would practice and practice and practice and then for a few days my lips would just be dead. And I just, even though whether I rested or whether I played, it didn't seem to make any difference. I just had these, and it was really quite off-putting because you just want them to work when you need them to work, right? Anyway, so that's what was going on in my life at the time. So I'm in this, in this church and they're praying for me and the man said... Now he didn't know anything about me. He said, "Anoint his lips." Yeah. Now I, with hindsight, and it, this is true, I believe he thinks he's praying for me to be a preacher or some kind of evangelist or somebody who speaks the word, right? Um, but it's the choice of words that he he used because lips were just the only thing I was thinking about at the time. I was writing about lips. I was thinking about lips. I was buzzing lips. It was lips, 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 lips. <laughs> Okay, muscular lip fatigue was my thing. Anoint his lips. This catches my attention. And it has a double meaning to me. For my music, but also, what do you find me doing now? Yeah. Now, you could have said anoint his voice, let him be a preacher, let him be a whatever. You know, there's many ways you can put that phrase, right? But it's just, I can remember it now. (laughs) And this was... 25 years ago or something, you know? Anoint his lips. And why did God have him pray that prayer? Because God knows me. And he knows what's going to get my attention. He knows what's important to me. And he spoke that. Yeah. And this happened a few times where God just gets you with something and as if to say, I know you. I have a plan for you. And actually just with Nathaniel, he sort of takes something that we already were and, and works with that and pushes that in a different point in his direction so I just want to encourage you today desire to be like Jesus towards other people eagerly desire the gift of prophecy so that you can strengthen other people so you can comfort other people you can encourage other people and, or if they don't believe God that they would fall down and worship and say how do you know that God must be saying this And so I would encourage you, if you have a dream and somebody is in that dream, and particularly if they're, they're just completely out of the blue in a dream, then ask God, 
Do I need to share that dream with someone? Even if it's like the most bizarre dream. Did I tell you about this dream where I had a shark? I was in with Alan with a shark and a tambourine. Did I tell you about that? Oh, see, maybe I was just talking to Brani. You've heard this. So I had this dream. If you didn't hear it, I'll just quickly tell you. I had this dream and I was with Alan, my old pastor, in the middle of the sea, which is not my natural comfort place, you know, comfortable place. I hate the water. Um, and there was a shark, a great white shark, and me and Alan were goading the shark with a tambourine. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. You wake up in the morning. Now, I, but I remembered it. Normally, I don't remember my dreams. So I just jokingly sort of wrote to Alan and said, you'll never guess what. Just to let you know, I'm still thinking of you. <laughs> Send the email. He gets back and he, he's like, I need to talk to you about this. He said, you're the third person that's had a dream about me with a dangerous animal. Wow. Yeah. And that I told him about it. He said, pray for an interpretation. So I pray for an interpretation. I get two words, diabetes and broccoli. Yeah. Okay. It gets weird, all right? So I, say to, I phone him up and I said, look, these are the two words. He said, well, I have got diabetes. He's been under control for ages, but just recently it's got really, really bad. And, um, and I looked up broccoli. Apparently, if you ate five kilograms of broccoli a day, your diabetes would be sorted. Um, obviously, not many people do that. But you can get these pills now where they've reduced the broccoli down into pill form that will give you the same nutrients. Um, so I just said... So he he's, he's, he's said, OK, definitely diabetes. I think that's spot on. I'm going to get the pills and I'll let you know. So that was a few months ago. I don't know how he's doing now. But... So if you get a dream, like, you know, and it doesn't, it can be as weird as that or weirder or it can be just, but if it's somebody in it, then why not share it with them? Or, or you can, you know, hi Emma, I had a dream about this last night, you were in it. And she can go, that's nice. Or she can go, hang on, that's speaking to this, which is what Brian's just told us about, right? Or you can be praying and somebody's name just comes into your mind. I know, Margaret, you've, you've talked about this kind of thing, that people, people come into your mind and you just pray for them. Well, then do that. And if God then says something to you about that person, then share it with them. Um, and, or or, or you, may have just, you may see someone in a situation. Then pray, just ask God. And it's just a case of just saying, I'm going to take a moment and here's that person, here's that thought, here's that person in mind. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm just going to ask God, does any, they have anything? Is there a word or is there something you want me to share with them? Just wait in God's presence. Eagerly desire the gift of prophecy and then look for an opportunity to share it. And, and you might want to take somebody with you or as Daniel, and there's great wisdom in saying, okay, if there's something in the church you have, a, you have a dream or vision or something about, then take it to the elders. If you, in fact, that's probably, what, not even if you're not sure, just take it to the elders because they... That's what, part of the reason why we're here, okay? And say, so I've got this for somebody. Can you just come um, with me because I want to tell them about it? Because it's not, sometimes it's a bit scary, you know? Um, and, and, and do that. So it's not, we're, we're talking about being naturally supernatural. Yeah? Um, okay. I think I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Let's pray. And let's, and, and just, I want to, I'm probably going to take a little break just so you know we're not going to carry on uh, we're, just, we're just going to the next few weeks we're going to maybe talk about something different when I'm preaching but I, I don't want us to think that this now has stopped and that's we've done prophecy now I just want us to always have space for us to be uh, uh, open to the spirit of God coming and speaking to us and the more we practice it the better if that's the right word we'll get at it
Yeah. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a loving, good Father. And that you love to give gifts to your children. That's who you are. And who we are. And we are children of God loved by you. And so we, we come to you and we ask for the gift. We eagerly desire these gifts. This We've only talked about one. And we'll talk about more in, in the future. But we pray, Lord, come and bring your spirit to us and bring these gifts to us give us give us the gift of prophecy we want to be encouraging one another we want to people to hear your voice we want people to know that you're speaking to us and and through us and that you know us and that you care for us intimately each one of us and so Jesus let us be like you let us have Nathaniel type experiences let us see like you said he would see we pray come Holy Spirit and and rest on us speak to us and lead us thank you Lord